0: If you'd like to listen to Radio Free Brooklyn when you're not in front of your computer, please consider downloading our free mobile app available in the App Store for iPhone or the Google Play Store for Android. Android. My name's Mel Kay, and I'm from Western Australia.
1: You're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn, and it's time to get lost and rewound.
2: You've made it to 3 p.m brooklyn new york time and this is indeed lost and rewound the weekly audio time capsule where we listen back to our sounds of the yesteryears with the freshest of objective years ultimately we strive for absolute humility here on Eleanor as we continue connecting the dots and discovering just how we got from there to here If there's one thing I've learned over the years, everyone has a story to tell, so if you have something from your past self that you're down to share with us, email Rewound at radiofreebrooklyn.org. My name is Alon Danziger, but we have a lot of show to get to this week, so let's begin. She is a singer-songwriter straight out of Perth. That's right! I said Perth as in Western Australia. Her music is aimed to empower the underdog to be a voice for the voiceless and to create art that makes people feel heard and less alone. Her songs have been played all across Australia and even internationally. Her music is debuting on Radio Free Brooklyn today. Mel Kay, welcome.
0: Thank you so much for having me.
2: It is a delight to have you. Uh, We record this show in advance and uh, it is far too past my bedtime right now while we're doing this.
3: Time
0: differences, <laughs> right?
2: I feel like uh, I'm having a little bit of a, a slumber party right now.
0: Yeah, that's right.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I mean, this has become quite the norm, getting interviews uh, in this early. Yeah, way.
0: definitely. Online shows and online interviews are more the rage these days, so it's a lot more common.
2: (laughs) The last time that you left the country, uh, speak upon that experience. Did you ever think that it would be like, I'm this isn't the last time ever gonna be
0: like, okay, well, talking about that is my my partner lives in um, Hawaii at the moment. Um, So, the last time I left the country was to visit him and. no, I didn't think that I wouldn't be able to leave the country for a while after that. So, definitely an interesting experience having borders locked down. And I'm sure a lot of people are in the same sort of situations.
2: So. Your partner being out there, uh, is that, have you been otherwise to America outside of Hawaii? Or is that the, the closest you've come?
0: That's the closest I've got to at the moment. I yeah. mean, apart from interviews. Um, I had like an interview in South Carolina, but I wasn't there. Just my voice, so sure can't visited. Yeah, uh, so that's the closest I've got to America. Um, I have been to the UK and Ireland and Scotland and all that, but didn't no. think that last year would be the, the the last time in a while that we'd be able to leave the country. So,
2: <laughs> are your parents originally from Australia as well? Then
0: my dad is actually from Finland. Um and my mum is from Australia, but we've got like a English line going back.
2: How many of y'all are there?
0: So I'm the youngest. I and my sister, I've got one sister who's a couple years older than me. So yeah.
2: Pretty musical family, or you more or less just stood out as yeah. the, the musician?
0: Um, uh, no, pretty musical. My mum teaches piano, my dad plays guitar, my sister has a composition degree, so she writes more scores for films and stuff. Um, she's very yeah. good. Um, and then I have a performance degree for my music. So uh,
2: There's an entire two and a half hour show of original music that you wrote called Personality Disorder Catalyst. I'm fascinated by this and I'd love to learn more about it.
0: Oh, great. Okay. Um, yes. So I, I wrote it. I compiled a lot of songs in 2017 and we performed it at the Ellington Jazz Club. Um, and it was basically about... Well, raising awareness about mental health and personality disorders, as well as, um, I guess, a bit of information about domestic violence and raising awareness about that for people. So we
2: did Beginnings in music where you found yourself really catapulted into this place of creating your own music and, you know, going for self and being a solo artist. Um, when, when you were composing, where was the shift
0: well, I think when I was initially writing, I was like teenager, 15, 16, um, and I sort of more did it as a coping mechanism of whatever I was going through or whatever I was feeling turned into music. Um, I didn't really think about it being a career until when I was 17, I met uh, one of the teachers from WAPA, uh, which is the Western Australian Academy of Performing Arts. And we were just seeing her on a whim to be like, oh, would it be possible for... Me to do something with my voice, and uh, she heard me sing one of my original songs and then said, Yes, you should definitely audition. But um, I got in, which I was very surprised about because it was I was 17 at the time when I got in, and normally it takes like a couple tries. Um, but yeah, so I got in, and from that point on was when I really started to seriously focus on it, I think, and like want it to be my career.
2: You know it's uh really uh, amazing to hear that, that you've got this encouragement from uh, from those who are um not just you know involved in the scene but they are educators uh you are also somebody who gives voice lessons uh is that something that uh is sort of instilled in you from the people who have been in your life to you bring you you're giving it back
0: yeah I think so i, I mean I definitely find. I always wanted to be a singer, but when I was younger, I think I didn't have the confidence to know I could be or know how to technically get there. And so when I realized through training what was possible, I kind of, like, it does move me to be able to help people to do what they have wanted to do with their voice for years.
2: What was uh, your first show that you can recall going to either with or without your parents uh, in tow?
0: My first show I can remember is probably seeing John Butler
2: um,
0: in, yeah, in Albany. It was like a family show, but I really enjoyed it.
2: (laughs) Tell tell me a little bit about John Butler and what kind of music that uh, was and what it impressed upon you.
0: Well, probably more well-known in Australia, but he's done really unique sort of, uh, uses guitar a lot, a lot of rhythm, and his songs always had a lot of thought provoking lyrics in them so it was always about something to think about and I think that's what I liked about it.
2: Sure seeing how his music resonates with the crowd was there something just about the showmanship that really uh gravitated you towards seeing oh you know if this guy can do it then why can't I? (laughs)
0: Um I mean I was pretty young but I definitely I since i was a kid i loved performing in front of audiences and i think sure. that seeing perform in front of an audience would always inspire me to want to do it so
2: were yeah. were you involved in uh, other forms like musical theater um when you were younger
0: yeah i i was so from when i was about 12 13 i started like at acting school had a bunch of roles i got and then i went to community theater um and i got my first semi-pro theater show when I was 14, I think. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I used to do about sometimes four or five productions a year when yeah. I was growing up. Yikes. And it was really fun. Um, it's, it's, and I did music theater as well, yeah.
2: Yeah. Did you enjoy doing uh, one particular show more than the other? That, that, you know, is there like one of those shows that really the music still lives with you as just being some of your favorite stuff to ever sing?
0: Yeah, I think there was definitely a show I did, it was probably about six years ago now. It was a pantomime, but it was so funny, and the cast was just, it cl- we clicked so well. And like every night, it would just feel like this really bright, vibrant show. And um, yeah, I just really enjoyed singing it, I really enjoyed acting it. So yeah, that was probably my favorite. It was called Aladdin, and I was oh,
2: Aladdin. You were Aladdin. Yeah. In the show, yes. That's wonderful. <laughs> yeah. No. So you you uh that that's a full on Disney musical.
0: Yeah, we didn't do like obviously the, the stage show from Disney, but we it was like a pantomime takeoff that you interacted with the the audience and all that, which
2: was great. That's that's really fascinating. I I, I was like sorry, I was trying to piece together. It was like I heard Aladdin, then <laughs> I but you said pantomime first. And I'm thinking to myself. Yeah. How, how, like, I I must see how this looks. It sounds super groovy.
0: Yeah, pantomimes (laughs) are really really fun to to perform in, I think. So, yes.
2: Coming up as, you know, involved in musical theater, you clearly had some chanteaus that uh, you looked to and uh, took influence from. Uh, I'm curious what kind of singers on the radio uh, you really uh, pulled from in terms of influences.
0: Uh, well, it's interesting because I, although I do love musical theatre, some of the artists I love are very unique. Um, have you, like Regina Spector? I love mm-hmm. her. I love Kate Miller Um She's an Australian artist. I'm not sure if she might have been heard over in America, uh, but if not, check her out. Um, and then I also loved, obviously, Avril Levine growing up. She was my jam. Um, yeah.
2: <laughs> you can't front. You can't. I, I don't know anything about the second one you said. It, remind me of the name one more time. It was
0: Kate Miller Heike. Kate so she- Miller Heike. Yeah. What about so- what
2: about her specifically uh, and, and what kind of songs uh, specifically by her um, would you recommend people listening to? And,
0: yeah, for sure. Yeah. She's, um, okay, so one of her most well-known ones in Australia is Last Day on Earth, I think. Beautiful song. Also, Make It Last, I think, was the the main one that got her some success initially. She's classically trained, so she has a really unique take on pop music. So she'll do like a pop song, but have all these classical, really difficult runs in them. Um, One that's really hard that I actually did at one of my graduation, at my graduation recital, was called Vertigo. And it's like this incredibly tricky run she does at the end of a pop song and uses like her voice in a very classical way so it's very unique and that's why i like her
2: you play piano you uh play other instruments or is uh piano your main instrument
0: um uh, mainly piano i'm starting to get a bit more onto my guitar it's mainly piano at the moment though and yeah using a loop pedal when i'm on that gigs because that helps to give myself some backing vocals
2: yes of course no <laughs> all the tricks all the studio tricks you could use Definitely. Um, and uh, when you started playing piano, that was sorry. You, you, how old were you?
0: I was probably about five or six. I remember wanting to play it from the age of about three, but having to wait a little longer because the teacher wanted to only start teaching people from about five. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I started pretty young with piano, and I did it for six years, and then I stopped lessons, but I kept playing. So
2: yeah. Music has been really rich in your life. theater has been rich in your life. Your parents were very uh nurturing in that regard. You had a sibling who's involved. I guess the the at this time, I've gotta uh bring up something about you that uh is a very important part about your life, and that is is that you're diagnosed with uh, Lyme disease. Uh, we want to talk about that a little bit.
0: Oh, sure, sure can do uh yes if that's com-
2: uh- if that's comfortable with you.
0: it's fine I'm happy to talk about it it's part of my journey you know so um yeah that was my gift roundabout when I was at the end of my degree and when I was turning I don't know maybe 2021 was the age 2015 when I got diagnosed um and it was severely debilitating to start off with um I didn't get a proper diagnosis for quite a while because in Australia, it's not recognized like it is in America. And I went through extensive treatment um, and a lot of pain with it. So, yes. <laughs>
2: I'm, I'm, s- I'm so sorry uh, to hear that it was uh, not treated as seriously in Australia. I- I'm, cur- I'm a little bit confused about why that would be. Um, is it something just with the way that the health community takes, doesn't take Lyme disease seriously? In the, in Australia? Yeah,
0: I mean, there are a few doctors that are Lyme literate, and that will take you serious. But you almost have to dig through a lot of people to get there. And I think there's just almost this perception of we don't have those kind of ticks in Australia. But um, from my perspective, we should still be acknowledging its existence because people come from other parts of the world, and you know, things can happen. Um, yeah,
2: we, we I think we've seen that things can <laughs> very much so.
0: So, uh, I think, yeah, it it has been difficult and it has been hard to hear people tell you that it's not something that's real or it's in your head, um, when it's not. Um, so, but yeah, you know, I'm, we found the right people and we got through what we had to get through and I'm doing okay. So that's.
2: Yeah. I was going to say, no, no relapses or or any like uh, trips to the hospital for that. You, what you, you. we're in the hospital recently and I, I, I you, 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 are better. You, you look better. So it, right. I, I assume you are better.
0: I'm, I'm like mostly better. Um, like I'm functioning pretty normally. Um, and I found a herbal therapy that, that definitely helps to lift me and keep me sort of pretty normal. Yes. But, um, there are, you know, complications with it that still haven't fully maybe gone yet, but I'm, I'm sure they will brain, will, but I went to the hospital because of like a kidney infection, so... Oh, goodness. Yeah. And then I had like a relapse of like a migraine, and we think it might be due to an iron infusion because if you've had Lyme or you have an autoimmune condition, that can make it worse, so...
2: You have a new single called The In-Between, and uh, I, I asked this to a guest a few weeks ago around the beginning of this in America it was dawning on me that this actually is a really good time for a lot of artists especially to just reset and figure out like what they're doing in the now before yeah. the whenever. I assume that this song must have a, a lot to do with that.
0: Yeah, I mean I think it's about the pause between uh, something ending and something beginning. like. We all want to rush from one thing to the next. It's like a human trait we seem to have, especially in this world where it's so busy all the time. Um, Being able to actually embrace something that makes you stop, I think is a real technique that we could all benefit from learning. Yeah.
2: Well, at this time, uh, I'm ecstatic to do this uh, for Radio Free Brooklyn. Um, You are going to be uh, out there in the world of RFB listening to the sounds of Mel K. her debuting on Radio Free Brooklyn. This is her new single called The In Between, right here on Lost and Rewound.
1: Pick those crumpled pieces of paper up Take a deep old breath of air into those dusty locks. Let it purge the pain and the things they've done. Take a moment to sit and just let it be. And don't be so afraid of the in between. Those dusty logs let it purge the pain and the things that you've done take a moment to sit and just let it be and don't be so afraid of the be in-between
2: See that one that's written down somewhere on someone someone's chat is just like whoa 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 God damn, good good work there. Job well done. Seriously. Who who's the guitarist on that? I really really enjoyed that.
0: He's good. Yeah. Um, the producer actually who did it played some guitar on it. So Jordan Azul.
2: Yeah. Jordan Azul. Good man. Yeah. Very 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 good licks there. Why are you afraid of the in-between? I'm not afraid of you, darkness. I'm not afraid of you, emptiness. You know, I can't find a way to to tie the bow nicely, but to say is that there's some really nice restraint here. It's like, I'm very fascinated with how, like, the lush production uh, gives way to just this really beautiful restraint that you're giving, that you're not letting yourself lose control, I think is what I'm trying to get at.
0: Yeah, we. when I was actually doing it with uh, the producer, I was hoping to have those moments of stillness to contain that instead of, you know how some productions you can go over the top with sounds on top of everything else. But I wanted to give almost impression of that pause or of a heartbeat behind the song of sitting in that moment of stillness. So thank you.
2: You're welcome. uh, I'm wondering if there are moments that you can think of in your life that we haven't touched upon um that bring that this song brings you back to uh moments that obviously well pre-pandemic but where there was some uncertainty and you weren't sure what was going to happen but that you were in that dark place and there was no way to get out of it unless you just persevered
0: yes for sure there was a uh, a couple moments that come to mind i um like when, when I was going through loss, I think in the last year of my degree, um, that's when I actually wrote it and I'm about sort of accepting something that you can't change. Um, and then also brought back to various parts of my treatment where the only thing I felt I could do is actually just to tell like the darkness or the devil or whatever it is that I'm not afraid. And that's, that's my stand, you know?
2: <laughs> sure.
0: And there's nothing else you can do. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh I, I feel that. When whenever you're in studies, sometimes there's a whole lot of uncertainty and you just you can't dictate what's gonna happen and you focused your studies in a conservatory capacity. A lot of artists should feel the way you feel right now because that uncertainty, uh nobody knows exactly what's gonna happen. Um but we're kind of bringing it back full of circle and you're making the most of it. Um, you've got, you know, obviously you're, you're adapting to live streams and you're staying connected with fans. And, um, what, what has been the silver lining for you throughout this, um, point of resetting effectively?
0: I think that it kind of, one of the things that I'd say is it gets you to really think about what's important. So when you're really busy and you're going from one thing to the next, you can sometimes get caught up in that and not really be thinking about what I'm actually doing here or what am I going to leave behind if I go. And I think that, you know, disease will do that, but also, you know, (laughs) what's happening to the world did that as well. So it gives you time, I think, to sit and actually figure out what are my priorities in life and what do I actually want to get from my life.
2: Well, when we come back from this quick word from RFB, I uh, am thrilled that you are playing along with uh, the the game that is uh, getting uh, your sounds from the past unearthed to uh, (laughs) be played on our streaming airwaves here in Brooklyn. Um, Stick around. If you're listening and you're enjoying what you're listening to, thanks for listening and continue to listen. We got Mel K coming through from perth australia this is lost and rewound on radio free brooklyn Brooklyn. radio free brooklyn's mission is to provide a free and open platform to our community and promote media literacy education and free expression we rely primarily on donations from listeners like you every dollar helps us stay on the air support independent community media by pledging whatever you can all contributions are tax-deductible to the fullest extent of the law. Please support with a monthly pledge or one-time donation at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash donate. We are here this week with recording artist, singer-songwriter, and uh, just a delightful uh, new friend from Down Under. Her name is Mel Kay. Uh, Mel, thank you uh, for contributing the songs that you're about to contribute Uh in this next half hour are you are you a little trepidatious uh,
0: yeah I mean it's it's stuff from when I was just starting out so I guess uh, you know it's not often stuff I listen to but it'll be interesting for sure
2: no one has been like what did you do in 2010 well what what is the song <laughs> that you have about YouTube from 2010 I want to know about it but then of course yeah. this 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 weirdo from Brooklyn's like yes I want <laughs> to hear it so on that note Please give us a little bit of context about Butterflies.
0: I think I wrote it when I was about 15 or 16. And it was just a song about uh, being cautious about what you hold on to, I think. Uh, it was a long time ago, though. Um, but yes, cautious about holding on to things that look beautiful, but that, that are actually dangerous.
1: don't
3: anymore,
1: fire can see and will die at his core.
2: to keep going. Oh. I wanted that. It faded out. I wanted, like I mean it, it, uh, you, uh, you got me, oh. like you got me like all emotional now. What the hell, Mel? I'm like okay. Let's let's talk about 15. Let's talk about feelings. What was what was up with 15 year old Mel?
0: 15, 16 year old Mel? Yep. Uh, I think it was just a bit of a a hard time for me, and also I think teenagers in general. Sometimes we tend to be a little bit um, thinking about changes, and yeah. So I was just going through a bit emotionally, probably, and that was what came out in the song. Yeah.
2: Your ability to translate feelings of hardship and heartache, and really. Funnel that into your music in a cohesive and raw power. Um, it, it is obviously. I mean, it's very clear. um
0: oh, thank you.
2: Yeah, I mean, you're welcome. I'm like, I'm just gobsmacked because um, we had some folks on last week who were uh, playing music of theirs, and you know, one of them was, you know, say he was very soft-spoken, but like when he played the music, like. All that emotion, uh, you know, kind of pent up just like came right out yeah. into this, uh, in his case, like some prog rock type of stuff. I, I you know, and it, like, it doesn't matter what the music is, but you really found a way to just really channel that energy in a real, very like cohesive, almost like mutant like fashion where you're like absorbing all the energy and it just like shoots <laughs> out like uh like a havoc or something or a cyclops. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's, um a lot of things that could happen when you're 15 or 16 you you know you get dumped or like you know you got to do the dumping and then school and everything but yeah. meanwhile you're you're writing songs and you're writing about <laughs> big you're writing about big things you're writing about um depression and as i was listening to it i couldn't help but think of like one of my favorite singer songwriters my favorite um pianist uh, of all time uh, fiona apple like the music oh my that she gosh, was- she's the yeah, music that she would create at that age, when she first started, uh, was um, uh, uh, very, very much ahead of a lot of times. So um, I only bring that up just because the themes of which you bring in—you you wouldn't consider yourself a dark person.
0: Um, no, I—I I don't think so. But I would say that there's a lot of darkness I've walked through. If that makes sense. Sure. There's a lot of experiences in my life that. I could draw from to understand what that would feel like, and I've also known a lot of people who have gone through uh, mental health issues and depression and all that as well. So,
2: has your faith been integral in guiding you out of those darkest moments?
0: Definitely, yes, I would say so. <laughs> has that um, always been the
2: case, or did you revisit that later on?
0: I think that I really had a strong encounter with God when I was about 20. I think before that I always believed in something but I was always searching for something, you know?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and then when I turned about 20, I, cause I, from about 16, 15, as you can hear in the music, it's, there was pain, right? I went through something quite severe and I had pain in my back for about four years. And then um, when I was about 20, someone prayed for me. Um, and the pain went away and I started to encounter like the peace and love of God. Um, and I think from that point on, it's really been a grounding thing. That's always got me through the worst times. Yeah.
2: That's really beautiful. Um, having that divine intervention and especially it, when it's unexpected is something that no, no, no one can explain. Um in
0: a ground park outside McDonald's God moved.
2: So <laughs> wait, wait, that's where it was?
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's where it was. So
2: <laughs> What were you eating?
0: I actually wasn't eating anything. We just were praying in the car.
2: Yeah. Okay. Okay. I was going to say of all places for you to be praying. Okay. I, I mean, at the very least you get to like, you know, get yourself like uh like a quarter pound of cheese. No I'm kidding.
0: We should have gone and got something to eat
2: afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> well, after all that praying, you know, and you know, you figure you get a little peckish and you know, maybe you need to sort of, you know, give yourself, okay, this has been intense. I really need a smoothie right now. <laughs> um, what what what's your go to uh like when you have like a comfort food like just like make yourself feel a little better after a long day you know recording
0: um I love ramen tea? ramen ramen and tea tea is like the best um and there's a specific ramen from the specific little sushi train that I love, so those are really helpful and mm-hmm. pizza i mean is always good right.
2: God, what's Australian pizza like? What? <laughs> Sorry. That was so me being like New Yorker. Ha! Pizza anywhere else. Get out of here. Forget about it. Um I I, I had to throw one in there. Um, okay. Very cool. Yeah. <laughs> okay, no. But this next song we're gonna be watching slash listening to. Where does that fall in regards to your, your being born, born again? I mean, we, we name yeah, it. Okay, cool. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so you, being, becoming born again, and then having this moment uh, in 2015, when you're performing this song, um, yep. you want to talk a little bit about where the connection is? Uh,
0: yeah. I mean, this particular song I may have written earlier, but it, I definitely, how I performed changed from that encounter because I, I would feel more upright. I felt more confident. Um, And the song itself is, it's basically about, you know, the people who would joke or laugh about people who are left behind um, and sort of comment on not, like some people aren't as lucky as you. So stop like pointing like talking down to people i think but it was a long time ago that i wrote this song so i can't exactly remember what it was about but yeah um about being left in the echo i think or left behind
2: be real with me when's the last time you watched this video
0: very long time ago
2: okay perfect (laughs) let's roll roll with it baby let's do it
1: out of this heart are yours. A million hands wait to a an open skyline and a bright white dove. Is, oh, that I ever will have. Oh, that I ever will have left of your love. So go ahead. And in the dark in a place where it along the line between reality and the lies you tried to deny bitter and bruised from an unfair fight are just a page in a book that you chose and choose not to write so go ahead and point that finger stay right i know it just stay right A million hands went to a hood open skyline and the bright white Is Oh, that I ever will.
2: band at uh, a theater over in Perth remind me that you had said it earlier in the show what was the name of it again it
0: was called the Ellington Jazz Club
2: Ellington Jazz Club uh, of where the same place that two years later you uh, put on uh, your musical
0: yes my original show um, yes. Well, it was a, a band show that it was um, definitely definitely my own so yes
2: and this was your first this show that we just listened to Brilliant, brilliant performance. You uh, played this. This was your first time playing this venue.
0: Yes, that was my graduation show, actually. So I was getting graded on it at the same time.
2: (laughs) Okay, uh, I really hope that you got a good grade on this because shit, girl, that was like, you knocked that out of the park. You've never performed this place before and you just had that place wrapped around your finger.
0: Thank you. Thanks so much. We got a standing ovation at the end of that show. So that was well really, deserved.
2: really cool. Well <laughs> deserved. I I know what it's like to have a standing ovation. Uh and by I know what it's like. Um um I, I don't I, I have standing ovations uh that I can really recall very often. I think maybe the last time uh-huh. I got a standing ovation was in karaoke. Um so it's something. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll I'll will take it. Um yeah, and maybe like some when I was younger for like musical theater purposes. But uh but let's talk about this. Uh you had a whole band uh mostly women up there which I actually extremely uh happy about. So it was um three uh, backup singers, uh female uh violinist, female piano player. You had a a bunch of mates there in the back who were uh just killing it on the um drums yeah. and guitar and bass.
0: Yeah, they're really cool. They're, we've actually worked together for about five, six years after we graduated. So,
3: um,
0: yeah, no, I mean, like, not all of us all the time. So, like, you're calling different, like, backing singers or different keys players sometimes. But um, the core band, definitely.
2: They got graded, too. Yeah. Everybody was oh, getting no- graded.
0: Not on that particular performance. So each person had their own recital, right? Got it. So yeah. I was the only one getting graded in that, that particular recital, but they had their own. So, yes.
2: Okay. So did you yeah. accompany somebody else for their recital? The I did.
0: Um, I did, I think, like a jazz thing for, I think it was the bass player or the drummer.
2: Mm-hmm. So
0: I did some vocals for him. And that was for his
2: recital, yeah. Do you want to uh, play a little piano uh, for us at this time? Uh, I know it, it's, it's it's a little more uh, shoostring uh, bare bones since it's just through the Zoom audio, but uh, I, I think it's going to sound great. Uh, this connection, notwithstanding, um, you have a, a, a song that you are playing that is dear to your heart uh, that you dedicated to your grandmother called Lonely Now. Do um, you want to talk a little bit about uh, that I, I know that she passed, uh, uh, sadly, a couple of years ago.
0: Yeah, so she passed away when I was 18. And, um, yeah, so I, I dedicated it to her. Uh, it's an interesting feeling, um, sort of just wondering how you how they're feeling in the next phase, you know, um, and the distance between the physical and people who pass on. Uh, so, yeah, it's called Lonely Now, and this is for her
1: golden twilight surrounds us Silver stars that comfort me, my love Waterfalls cry away our tears For they must The time swiftly forgets us Are you lonely now? Lonely now Now you're just a picture in a frame You can't feel emotion, no Just a little picture in a frame As you slowly fade away in the dark that is has found yeah. on the night that took you home, cry not tears for the past is true No one lives on the ground you are you lonely now? Are you
3: lonely now? now? you're just a picture and
1: a phrase You can't feel emotional Just a little picture and a phrase as you
3: slowly fade
1: Little boy, please don't forget me My head is weary and my heart is sore across the ocean leave my body safe to
2: What did your grandmother mean to you? And when you were really young, you have a really fond memory that you can recall that sticks out more than any other memory.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, she just, I think she was always constant. I think of the kid as one of those people where you just always felt like they'd be there. And when they aren't anymore, you feel that absence very keenly. Um, she always would be cooking. That's what I remember of her. And we used to make gingerbread houses. She'd always have things stashed away for us at her house that she'd bring out. Like, we could have cookies and Milo. And it was just a really nice, like, nurturing experience to be at at my grandma's house. So,
2: yeah. Was your mom's mom or your dad's mother?
0: My dad's mom, yeah.
2: Did she ever get to hear uh, any of your music and when she did did she uh, provide you with uh, a stirred warning or <laughs> some helpful advice or just uh, some uh, encouraging uh, words?
0: I mean I think I, I only really got into music about like a year before she passed away hmm. so well I mean it, she probably heard my my music I kind write of over the years. And, yeah I was
2: gonna say be, you, she said yeah. you said she died when you were 18. You were yeah. definitely involved in some capacity before yeah. then,
0: but I think when I like when I started going to Whopper was only like a year before. Um, sure, I
2: mean she seemed like somebody who I imagine would be very encouraged to hear the uh, yeah. music you were making, even even if you were just doing like a bedroom producer type of style.
0: Yeah, she'd come to my shows and stuff, and the Finnish side of my family. There's not a lot of words necessarily, but it's like. <laughs> So I don't know if it's like a Finnish thing, but we very understated sort of people. So um but if you if you got like a uh good or or you know you were you knew that was good, you know.
2: Is there a certain phrase that she always used to say that you can recall that I like, remember still with you.
0: A, a song in Finnish. She used to sing us a song in Finnish and still remember it. Um but yeah, it was about porridge. So i'm trying to think yeah
2: I, I i kind of want to hear it right now you want
0: to hear
2: it <laughs> yeah i, I kind of do <laughs> i kind of i'm really really fascinated by it
0: so this song is she would say it was about having being able to eat um porridge at christmas because she she went through a lot they were in like the war when russia was trying to invade finland yeah um so she went through very a lot of hard times um okay, so it goes Yolo on Tas, Yolo on Tas, Asti at Naporo,
1: Nutsi Tasa, Nutsi Tasa, but Sansata Temporo.
0: Yeah.
2: I'm like, I'm just completely baffled. I'm like, how did I find you? I'm just so grateful. My goodness. Like,. This has been such a delight. I didn't actually tell you just how great uh, "Lonely Now" was, but it was, and uh, and and the fact that it immediately made me just want to dive right in and to, to hear more about your experiences with your grandmother. Thank you for providing that song, of which we, you just uh, rattled off like nothing, as well. Um, <laughs> nice. so you, all, all all the music that you provided this hour has been uh, brilliant and. Uh, just invigorating and I hope that uh, someone listening out there is inspired by the uplifting messages that you have provided
0: oh thank you thanks so much for having
2: me you have your website mel k music it's spelled out k-a-y music.com but you're on instagram otherwise at mel.k.music and any other things that you want to plug
0: yeah, for sure. Um, one other site that I have quite a lot of music on is SoundCloud. So if you look up Mel K A Y and then an underscore music, should come up with my music, and you can listen to a, a lot of recent tracks on there.
2: Ah, thanks again to Mel K. We've got to head out. And don't forget to check out the LNR archives on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or our main HQ at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash L-A-R. This has been episode 222 of Lost and Rewound. My name is Alon Danziger. Stay safe, informed, hydrated, and don't forget that whatever side of the equator you're on, black lives and trans lives always matter. Bye-bye. allow for outside forces to dismantle your soul. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Dismantling a soul
3: is a very awkward thing to say, Alon.